Production. Recorded live. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I hope you can hear me all right. Working from a new phone today. Uh, that being stated, as um being joined by the one and only Mighty RX, Mr. Max Paul, Mr. Wayne Inzer. <laughs> Doug, what's going on, my brother from a different mother and father, but that's okay. Uh, not too much. I'm just sitting here absolutely completely exhausted. Never went to bed after work last night. Yay, me. Weekend. It's hard to get to sleep on Sundays because my kids are up running like crazy. So, the hell with it. I'll just sleep good tonight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't want to stall. I don't want to waste time. I want to get right into this because we're heading into week 12. And all hell's broken loose in the SFL <laughs> because playoff right? spots are a plenty. Who will get the final spot? Who will get this and who will get that? And it's in both conferences. Could we have any more excitement heading into this week? That's that's what makes football beautiful. I love football for that sake because it's only so many games for you to to position yourself, to get yourself prepared. You don't have 162-some games. You don't even have 80-some games. You got a little more than a dozen to get, you know, to, or, or for, in our case, a dozen or so games to, to assert yourself. You get one a week, and it's winner-take-all, so you better come prepared and, and have a, a game plan that your team can, you know, follow through and execute because, hey, any given play, any given Sunday or Wednesday or Thursday, you know, the <laughs> underdog can win. If, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, if if the team that they're facing is coming prepared and, you know, respecting everything that they can do. <clears throat> Correct. And uh, I'm just looking at the Week 12 schedule, which we'll get into that then. But there's a handful of games that have playoff implications involved. Uh, some games are win or go home. Some games are win and get help. Some games are lose and possibly still sneak in with help, it seems. Um, positions, where you're going to be seated, this, that, and the other. And I'm sure every owner will echo my statement of, it'd be nice to be home, but I don't care as long as I'm in. So, Hang it. Just, just let me in the dance. I don't care who I'm dancing with. Just let me in the dance. And from then on, I, can, I, you know, I might be able to get hot and do some damage. I, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Yeah, well, so this 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 past week's slate of games, uh, any surprises your way or anything, you know, a, a, any teams that might have disappointed you that you thought um, um, were going to assert themselves and come through and start, you know, making that playoff push and just fell off the wayside for you? Well, the biggest thing for me in week 11 was seeing Cleveland upset Baltimore. To me, that was huge. You just had to go there, didn't you? Oh, my goodness. Of course I had to go there. I mean, it's no secret on this show. Baltimore has been my pick to win the SFL championship. I picked them to play the Maulers in the championship game and win everything. And I said that before the season started. So, that being stated, when they lose to what many people deemed the worst team in the league – 
week in and week out per the power rankings, which we have power rankings this week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get to those here shortly. Uh, it's like, okay, the last power ranking we did, the Cleveland Vipers were last, dead last. Okay, this was a team that was in the last place slot in the entire league per the power rankings, and they went in and played the top five, top six team, and bang. You know, but at the same time, not to discredit anything from the Vipers, I don't think many people have taken notice to it, but the Vipers have won three of their last five ball games, And the one game they lost by eight, and the other one was to Louisville Wolfpack, which is an absolute massacre of 31 points. This week they get to play Dallas. But uh, at the end of the day, they're not a bad ball club. You look at their games throughout the season, they've lost many a close games. They lost a game by five, one by three, one by eight, one by two. So they've been in many games, and their record could be much better. But when the team that you pick to win the championship loses to the 16th team in the power rankings, it's just it's just right in front of your face, like, bang. What freaking Baltimore Crab team will show up come playoff time? Will they even show up this week at home against the D.C. Dragons, which we will give a shout-out to Destro. It'll be his final game in the regular season. I'm not sure of all the freaking tiebreakers and whatnot. I don't even know if there's a way of him backing into the playoffs right now, but as far as I know, there could be uh, certain things fall his way because I believe Louisville's in, uh, Dallas is in, and Baltimore's in. Those three are in, and I think it's down to D.C., Queen City, and even the freaking Vipers, Skyhawks, and the Sailors are only one game behind those. Uh, I know the boss has all the breakdowns, so I'm assuming D.C. can back in somehow with a little bit of winning and losing and some other teams. So which crab team will show up. And uh, I mean, as I'm running my mouth about this, maybe we can get a little help because we've got Mr. Cameron Irvine with us on the call right now. Yeah, I, I figured you, know, you guys could uh, could use a little help here on a, on a week 12 of breaking down games. So, so uh, here we go. Indeed. Um, oh, yeah, before I, before I help you out with the tiebreakers, I just wanted to let everyone know that, that I had updated the website. Uh, the website has a, has, a, nice. has a new new clean look. Uh, team pages are under development, but I'm trying to make them, you know, I'm trying to make them as, as robust as they've ever been, a very similar look um, to the league site. Um, and I want to I wanna take a little time with that, wait for the dust to settle with the rosters this off season with new coaching staffs, with new teams, all of that stuff. Um, so, so I want to, I want to hold off on that, but um, we've got that uh, done and finished. And then uh, today we are going to be working hot and heavy on, on the red zone package um, as teams make their final preparations for games. It's going to be an insane day in the league office um, over the next, uh, well, over the next a few days uh, getting prepped for this monster night. Um, but uh, for all those new people that are that are listening to this show, I hope you enjoy yourselves. For those of you that uh, that hear it on YouTube, um, you know, I hope uh, I hope that you, uh, you come around on Wednesday night because this is something that that I think um, you know I, I don't. I, it's going to be impossible not to be excited um, when uh, when games kick off on Wednesday night. So um, I'm just. Uh, I'm energized for the future, man. I was about, 
about uh, week eight or uh, about week seven or eight, I'm just like, oh man, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the thick of the season and I don't know uh, how to claw my way out of it. And, and um, it was a, it was one uh, hectic season trying to push through, um, but with uh, new league staffers and, and, uh, and all the new excitement and buzz, um, it's a, it's a good, it's a good day to be in the SFL. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah, as we were stating, we were talking about these games, and I mentioned DC and Baltimore. Uh, clearly, in my eyes, DC has a shot for the playoffs. How does that correct? Happen? DC DC needs a win over Baltimore and a Queen City loss to NYC. If they get that, they are in. Cleveland, Carolina, and NYC don't hold any tiebreakers um, to where they would be able to get in at four and eight. Um, the only team that can get in at four and eight is Queen City. If Queen City loses and DC loses, um, and everyone ends up uh, at the bottom, then uh, then yeah, four and eight goes to Queen City. Queen City beat Cleveland. They beat Carolina. Um, they uh, they they wouldn't hold it against NYC, but they they also beat DC as well. That's enough uh, for them to uh, to get in. So it, it is possible. Uh, for a team in the Gray Conference to get in with a four and eight record, that I don't think has ever happened um, in SFL history that a team four games under 500 would get in. But it's been that kind of a wonky season in the Gray Conference, and those are the scenarios for them. Other Gray Conference scenarios. While I'm on it, since since you guys were talking about it, Baltimore gets the number two seed with a win. That's all they need. Dallas gets the number two seed with a win and a Baltimore loss. Um, or if if Baltimore wins, uh, it doesn't matter what happens to Dallas. They would be the number three seed. Either way, Dallas and Baltimore are going to be taking each other on in the playoffs. And if it's anything like the the first time they met this year, it's going to be one heck of a playoff game. Um, but uh, but that that's uh, that's where we stand in the Gray Conference. Pretty simple. Um, a little bit more simple than the Teal. And Max apparently took a nap. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, at, I'm looking at the playoff, you know, hopeful matchups if they fall a certain way, and it's giving me a headache. Um, yeah, especially that teal. It's like, okay, so LA wins, they're in. They're, it, unless I'm misunderstanding what the commission's saying. If LA wins, they're in. If LA That's loses, correct. They could... it's a mess. That's correct. If L.A. wins, they are the number four seed. They'll play the winner of Sioux Falls and Santa Fe on Thursday night in the game of the week. If they lose, they're out. Um, and, uh, and, it's, and it's pretty simple for them. The winner of Houston and Minneapolis is the number three seed. Whoever wins that game, if it's Minneapolis or if it's Houston, they're the number three team. Um, everything else, uh, uh, Orlando. Orlando is, is the number four team. If they win, and L.A. and Minneapolis lose. So Orlando needs a lot of help. Um, the other scenarios, if how Houston and Minneapolis end up number four or how Houston and Minneapolis end up being eliminated um, are pretty complex, and it's probably just better to look at a visual uh, that, I, that I put down on the red zone, on the uh, red zone graphic that I posted earlier this week is what I mean. Tallahassee and OKC are eliminated, correct? That's right. They are out. They have no. They 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 don't hold any uh, tiebreakers enough to 
to throw them in the mix in a in a I was breaking this down with you earlier this week, Doug. In a four-way tie amongst teams five and seven, L.A., Orlando, Houston, OKC, in that scenario for the four seed, Houston gets in. Um, so OKC and Tallahassee have no significant tiebreakers, so they are done. All right. Uh, I want to go off topic real quick. I posted on Slack because I didn't see it on the schedule, and that is when, and this is for all games, when are the playbook changes due? Because there was nothing there. For what? For week 12. Today. It has been posted. It was posted Thursday night. Yeah, I didn't see it. I was working. <laughs> I, I And it seems like Slack is super active when I'm working. What is up with that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but, yes, it was in the Game Nights channel. It was posted. Unfortunately, I couldn't post it. Uh, as, a, as an image, because we were out of storage space. Um, and uh, and that has since been corrected. And since it has been corrected, people have uploaded hundreds of more files. So it's a constantly uh, losing battle for me. But, um, uh, yeah, it was it was posted. It's uh, every, every game on the red zone, all of those changes are due tonight at midnight. Um, and uh, and then the uh, Louisville Carolina is not due until I believe Tuesday, and Sioux Falls Santa Fe is not due till Wednesday. But if you're playing on the red zone, you've got now 11 hours, so uh, you better hurry because your season's on. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> After the show, that's what I'm going to be doing. We're going that playbook. You and me both, partner. You and me both. I can't wait to see that red zone in full effect, though. Oh, ah, it's going to be majestic. Ooh. Yeah, I, I mean, and there's uh, – I kind of I kind of forgot when I loaded back up the package because I hadn't worked on the package, you know, since the State of the League address because uh, I had been so um, tied up with, with regular season affairs. Um, but uh, I opened up the package, and I forgot just how many more things there were uh, in terms of graphics and, and broadcast presentation that, that – that weren't even a part of that of that teaser, so um, it's going to be it's going to be one heck of a one heck of a night, I'm sure. Um, and then following it on on a post game show, um, you know, having uh, uh, having everyone you know react to to what has occurred in the playoffs. At that point, the Gray Conference will be settled and finished. Um, the Teal Conference will know the number three and number four seeds but we won't know the number one and number two seeds, and we won't know what the playoff matchups are in the Teal Conference either. That won't come until the following night um, So uh, when Santa Fe and, and Sioux Falls basically decide all of that in the final game of the regular season. So it's one heck of a Week 12 schedule. I told, uh, I told Doug earlier this week, I said, uh, whoever made the schedule did one heck of a job this season. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, it worked out pretty well. It's, a, it's just real fun for me knowing I worked with Mr. Mike Orvine in OKC last season, and now my season rides playing him. Yeah, I mean that's that's how it goes. Uh, I think I think Mighty I think Mighty had a seizure from the playoff scenarios. I think he's he's uh, he's really struggling here in the early stages of the show. Now I'm just looking at the matchups of this upcoming weekend. It's just. 
every every matchup has some kind of significance in this playoff picture, crystallizing, you know, clarifying itself, so to speak. And it's just I can't I can't wait to get these breakdowns. I can't wait to see. Oh, I'm sorry, Doug. Do you uh, will you will we be doing pair rankings today? Repeat that last part. Well, we'll be doing power rankings today. Did you get enough votes to tell you know to tally up the? Yeah, we actually had the... ten voters. He, he already he voters. already said that, but he already said that, mighty. What are you he... doing? <laughs> this is this is well, man. The the red zone. I just I'm salivating at the red zone. I got people at work <laughs> that can't wait to see what this red zone gonna look like. It's just, I'm excited. I'm sorry. I'm excited. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's uh, that's good stuff. All right, guys. Well, I got I got a lot of I got a lot on my plate here. Um, it's going to be an exciting week. I just wanted to check in, let you know I had I had put up the website, let you guys know the team pages will be a huge part of the new site. Um, but uh, uh, the site, uh, if you go to it, simulationfl.com, at any point in the future, you'll see it's it's catered more to the first time. Um, you know, viewer or finder of the league. Um, our current our current users, you know, we check DAX stats, we check Slack, we check YouTube, uh, but we don't, uh, there's, there's not, the data shows there's not a huge significant uh, for website traffic among, among new users that, or uh, among uh, the, uh, the usual users, I should say. Uh, the first timers are, we, are where we want to make our first impression with the site, and that's what it represents. And um, we got that going, and uh, and now uh, more red zone prep awaits. Uh, so you guys have a wonderful show. I'll be listening the rest of the way, and um, you know, thanks uh, thanks for the time. And I'll let you know real quick. I just took the time while you were talking, and I've deleted all my files from Slack except for two. That being the advertisement for this show right now, and the most up to date power ranking. There you go. Look at that. That's a true hero right there. True hero. Yes, I am. Now give me my damn cape. <laughs> I think uh, the capes are only reserved for playoff teams, so we'll check back oh. on Wednesday. You can, you can call on a post-game show and get it then. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good day. You too, buddy. You too, man. Oh, man. Uh, we're That's losing. a new episode. The new website layout is clean, but I tell you that much. Wow. It is nice. And it took a minute for everything to load over here on my end. I was like, what in the world? Why is nothing loading right? But got a lot of little buttons, a lot of little things to click, a lot of things to check out. It seems weird seeing some of those logos missing from the top. Uh, it. There's one thing I don't like. There's no, there's no shark action anywhere. <laughs> Where the damn shark pictures at? Nah. Nah, it does look nice. does look nice. Got to scroll down. Got the New Frontier videos. What we do. Who we are. Where we've been. Oh, it says who we've been. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. And down at the bottom, who will be. I like it. Hey, you ain't lying. Where the crabs at? Ain't no crabs at other either. <laughs> I want to do this uh, real quick. Uh, AJ Pick 6, Flavor 2K, Jason 1347, Lil Mo 1040, or 14, whatever. I, he don't matter anyway. Uh, 
Miamajc. I have no idea how to say his name. Guest two. Still don't know who the heck Guest two is. Um, still been trying to figure that out. And Destro have all joined us in the chat. So I want to give a shout to those guys or whatnot. So uh, I have no idea. Jason said Doug. LOL. I don't know what he's talking about. What in the world? I don't know what I did, but he's laughing at me because I'm a fool on something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't know what I damn did. Oh, but, yeah, thanks all you guys that are listening or whatever. Keep the keep the chat room live. Keep the chat room active. If you got something to say, tell us. We'll get it on the air. You want to ask a question, tell us. We'll answer. Call in something. You know, it's in the 900 hotline, so I'm getting none of that stuff. But, uh, yeah. All right, I'll get into these power rankings because I know you was excited for the power rankings. You got so confused, you forgot I was going to tell them. So, yeah, uh, I just I forgot. Of course, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we had 10, as I stated, 10 people took the time to vote this week uh, up from last week when I honestly did not bother to even present the damn power rankings because I had three, four people vote, and that was it. And I was like, what in the hell? And I will say this on the air one more time. We have 16 owners. We should have always had at least 16 votes. If an owner doesn't have time to vote, I can't blame him for that. Uh, but pinpoint somebody on your team to be the official voter for your team. Uh, we obviously don't need to do a power ranking after this week. This might be the last one as we head into week 12. I don't see the point in doing another one unless we want to just do it the final power ranking after 12 weeks. Uh, I'll let everybody get in touch with me on that, what way they want to do it. So if we want to have a final one, we can do that. If not, this could be the last one. But uh, with 10 voters, uh, here's where we're at. With the 16th seed, if you want to do what we normally do and per the tradition, see if you can guess, we can do that. 16th seed, I I believe, (laughs) is the Carolina Skyhawks. I believe it's the Carolina Skyhawks. Well, with the 16th seed is a 3-8 and eight team, and they had 16 points, and it would be the Carolina Scouts. Ramos Lynn has joined us in the chat. I'd like to welcome him in. All right, so, yes, you were correct. Carolina Skyhawks have the 16th seed in the power rankings with 16 points. The 15th seed belongs to the Tallahassee Pride. With a 3-8 and eight record with 18 points, just two points better than the Skyhawks, the Tallahassee Prize. Yeah, look at that. This is you are two for two, my friend. <laughs> you are going to roll. Y'all, I'm going to die if you get this all right all the way through. All right, who's uh, number 14? Number 14, I would say that the, the, where silver kickers live, the NYC sailors. All right, the 14th seed with a 3-8 and eight record, 32 points, the NYC Sailors. Yeah, I like that. So you three for three. All right, who's yeah. the 13th seed? The 13th seed is a team that, that so happened we had lost to this week, and I'm still hurting by the loss of the Cleveland Vipers. And the 13th seed with the 3-8 and eight record, the last of the 3-8 and eight teams with 34 points, two better than the Sailors, the Cleveland Vipers. There we go. So you have got four correct in a row. You are four for four, my friend. 
Can you keep this streak going? So I'm due to mess up. Okay. The next team, I believe, to be the 12th Queen seed. City Corsairs. The 12th seed with a 4-7 and seven record, 57 points. The Queen City Corsairs. <laughs> this game both too well. I, I need to play the lotto. I, I'm, yeah, I'm too All right. Numbers are too on point right now. This is um, crazy. The 11th seed. The 11th seed. This is where I might mess up at. But I'm riding with it. Um, the Oklahoma City Renegades. The 11th seed with a 4-7 and seven record, 63 points, 6 better than the Queen City Corsairs, belongs to the Oklahoma City Renegades. Get out of here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is crazy. Me and, the, me and the populace, we share one mind this week. That's what it is. Um, wow. Okay. So that leaves the, the D.C. Dragons. The tenth going on the last hurrah. The, the tenth seed would be the last of the four and seven teams with sixty-six points, three better than the Renegades, the DC Dragons. So you have gotten them all correct so far, sixteen through ten. Can you keep the streak going? Who's the ninth seed? The ninth seed from Orlando, Wilson Knives, the Intimidator. The ninth seed with. 79 points, a 5-6 and six record, the Orlando Intimidator. Hey there. Okay. Yo, are you, are you hacked my files or what? <laughs> <laughs> so for the wow. AC, we're going to head yes. to Houston with the Hakeemas here. The 8th seed with 94 points, which is a nice jump from the 79 of Orlando, with 94 points, 5-6 and six record. Them hyenas of Houston. Wow. So you've gotten all these correct so far. The hyenas of Houston. So who's the seventh seed, my friend? Holding steady at seven. Them sharks from Los Angeles. At number seven with 101 points, seven points in the hyenas. Seven points better than the hyenas. Mr. Chief Brody and the L.A. Sharks. In case y'all didn't catch that Chief Brody reference, that's Jaws. Oh, my goodness. So you've gotten them all right. Can you keep the streak going? Who is number six? Number six was – number six was funny. Number six is the team that you in the preseason called to be representing the tier conference as the champion, and that's the Minnesota Minnesota Mollers. Well, you're kind of right because it's Minneapolis. But uh, <laughs> in the oh, 16th. For some odd reason, I always mess that up. Minneapolis and yeah. Indianapolis, like I messed oh, up. Like, Minneapolis yeah. Maulers, the Maulers. Yes, in the sixth slot with 111 points, 10 better than the Sharks, is the 6-5 and five Minneapolis Maulers. So, ladies and gentlemen, this man has just correctly picked 16 through 6. Can he finish off the top five? The fifth spot belongs to. They say I, they say I'm a slow starter, but I finish with a bang. So we're gonna go with the with the the shades of gray team, the Dallas Rednecks. <laughs> the fifth slot with 117 points, six better than the Marlins, with a seven and four record. Them, their Dallas Rednecks. 
The number four seed belongs to. Number four, been holding steady now for a couple of weeks. Is is your is yours and everybody else's favorite, Baltimore Crabs. Oh Lord of mercy. He's completely <laughs> wrong on that one. <laughs> ah, be damn. Everybody's favorite. Come on, man. He should be that should be Stevie T. Diggs' favorite, you know, with him being STD and the crabs and all. But in the fourth spot, with a seven and four record, 130 points, 13 better than the Dallas Roughnecks, them there Baltimore Crabs. Now we get to the fun slot. Who is two? Who is three? Who is it? Can you do it? Can you go 16 for 16? It's never been done. In the history of inside the SFL and someone predicting the official order to power ranking. The Who number is three team? Who is two? The number three team. Uh-huh. Are not are not from this country. They're the Santa Fe Haram. I mean Santa Fe Gorillas. In the third slot, with hundred and forty two points, twelve better than the Crabs, with a nine and two record. The Santa Fe Gorillas. So the number two seed belongs to number two seed is Louis. No, 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 I'm playing. Um, the number two seed is the Sioux Falls Arrows. <clears throat> In the second spot with 148 points, six better than the Gorillas with a nine and two record, the Sioux Falls Sparrows. So that means coming in number one is the which team again? The number one with a bullet, the Louisville Smoke Dome Wolfpack. The only undefeated 11-0 team was had 160 points, the max points that could have been scored this week with all 10 first-place votes. So you, my friend, have just predicted the entire power ranking in the exact order. And I will say it one more time for those of you who chimed in later, didn't catch it all, or what have you. They are as follows. 16, Carolina Skyhawks. 15, the Tallahassee Pride. 14, the NYC Sailors. 13, the Cleveland Vipers. 12, the Queen City Corsairs. 11, the Oklahoma City Renegades. 10, the D.C. Dragons. 9, the Orlando Intimidators. 8, the Houston Hakinas. 7, the L.A. Sharks. 6, the Minneapolis Mullers. 5, the Dallas Roughnecks. 4, the Baltimore Crabs. 3, the Santa Fe Gorillas. 2, the Sioux Falls Sparrows. And the number one slot, the Louisville Wolfpack. Uh, so that takes us to the fact that we have Gladwin Wolf on the call with us. Mr. Gladwin Wolf, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? We are doing good, buddy. Doing real good. I want to mention this since we got Gladwin Wolf on the air. Uh, I saw A.J. Barnes uh, made a mention of best uh, player of the year as far as, you know, Doing better, you know, like after the most improved, that's what he called it. The most improved player of the year. <clears throat> and he threw Ethan King's name out there, which is a damn good choice. I believe Gladwin Wolf should also be considered for such an honor because he's done much better in the receiving game. He's been a hell of a return guy. Um, and there's plenty of players out there who did okay last season or doing a lot better this year. But I thought that was an interesting topic that he brought up. And I think that's something a lot of us should honestly look at just for fun. Who would be the be the most improved player of the year. But I want to make sure I gave Mr. Gladwin Wolf, you know, his praise because uh, he's been very important to my offense with the Sharks. So 
That being said, what's on your mind today, Alex? Which is your real name? Um, mainly just how crazy this playoff race has been. It's so crazy. I mean, cracking up at the ass of it. The fact that you have five and six teams that are that are in the playoff hunt. It just speaks to the competitiveness of this league in general. I agree. I love it. But I love it, though. I love the fact that in week 12, every, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's only but a few teams don't have a chance, and things are up in the air. It's the best. That's, that's how you want it. And I'll say this right now. I'm on a I'm on the phone, Dad. Sorry. <laughs> I'll say this uh, right now. Um if Colin Northrop does get one of the open spots. He said that I would most likely be their scout. So, <laughs> all right. Where are you going with that? So, with that in mind, uh-huh. I'd like to, I'd like to see for future teams the scouting side of it being bigger than it actually is because having a good scout in real life and this league can make the difference between a team making the playoffs and a team that just barely didn't. Would you agree with me on that? Possible. Since you're on the talk of yeah. playoffs, since you're on the talk of playoffs, let's get your prediction. Who will be the four teams from the Gray Conference and who will be the four teams from the Teal Conference? Obviously, in the Gray, we know it's Louisville, we know it's Dallas, and we know it's Baltimore. Who will be the fourth team to get in on the Gray Conference? Will it I be I see the DC? Sharks getting in. And well, no bias here. Well, I, I Teal Conference. We're talking the Gray Conference. Oh. <laughs> will, the, will the D.C. Dragons, the Queen City Corsairs, Get in, because I think it's going to come down to one of those. Who's it going to be? I see D.C. getting in, because Queen City has been so inconsistent, it drives me nuts. Well, Mighty, he just basically said, without saying it, D.C. Dragons is going to beat your team this week. What do you think of that? And I know... Excuse me as I'm looking at the SFL site right now. Got to give props to Cam with how great this looks. It's almost as good as you, huh? I just, sorry for getting off topic, but you know how I am. I ramble. (laughs) Indeed you do. But that's all right. So, uh, 
since, since you said that now about the Dragons, so you think it's going to be Louisville, Dallas, Baltimore, and D.C. In the teal, Santa Fe's in. Sioux Falls is in. You think the Sharks are going to get in. Who's gonna, who else is going to get in? Will it be who? Um, Will it be Minneapolis? Who's it going to be? That four seed, I kind of, I kind of see Minneapolis getting in, but they need help to get in. If Minneapolis wins, if Minneapolis wins, they're in. Period. So, I kind of see them getting in, and whoever plays Minneapolis in the semifinal better watch out because. Thomas Paternetti is an absolute genius. So basically, you're saying Minneapolis will get in and L.A. is getting in. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. And if L.A. gets on a run, they might play Minneapolis in the championship game if they both get on a run. Conference championship game, but yes. Which, with some of the inconsistencies the Sharks have, like <laughs> not finishing games. Yeah, I think the freaking chat room froze on me. Or know. not starting games. Off Somebody with a bang. Um, and as I ramble here, I think the SFL has done a marvelous job as far as marketing this year, as far as the actual business part of it. And just to let you know, I played Hollywood sports in um, in Madden a couple days ago. Yeah. And it was a damn close game. A pick six is what won it. Right. And it went to overtime. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to chime in about before um, we move on with the show? Um, I'm pretty much done. All right. Well, then I will throw you on mute in case you're using the uh, phone to listen to the show. We appreciate you calling in, buddy. See ya. Thanks, Alex. <clears throat> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Alex, otherwise known as Gladwin Wolf in the league. Um, Before we carry on, yeah, Doug, he... I just want to, I just want to let everybody know, um, hey, get in on this ad blitz, this SFL blitz, where we're trying to get you know new u- new users. To jump in the league, only seven spots are remaining. You know, with the, there are prizes involved. Two, the first 25 to post, so seven spots are remaining. Tonight, the drawing is going to be at 9 p.m. on on um, on Jermaine Smith's tw- um, Twitch, which is twitch.tv forward slash Darth Destro MD. That was twitch.tv forward slash Darth Destro MD is where um, the the drawing will be tonight at 9 p.m. So get in on this. It's seven slots remaining. The SFL Blitz ad campaign. Trying to get this thing big, y'all. 
My bad. Yeah, I'm very disappointed. I'm very, very, I'm very disappointed in that because I was hoping one of the prizes would be an autographed bikini photo of myself, but TJ wasn't going for that. That's that's a little much, though. That's just a little much. Oh, well, I tried. I wanted to see part of it. It, it, it's not inside the SSL to me unless I take it off the rails for a couple of seconds. You know, I got to do that. Okay. I just got to do it. I got to have fun. Uh, so we're just going to move this right along. We're going to bring in our next 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 guest, and that being Mr. Destro himself of the DC Dragons and the El Presidente. Going on, gentlemen. How you doing? What's good, President? I'm just on a highway, just driving from work. Oh, man, the chat room's going crazy. <laughs> what, are you saying? what are you saying? Jason wants to have autographs. Wow. What Jason said? <laughs> Jason wants one of the prizes to be autographed, pre-worn, unwashed underwear. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know who's I underwear. I can't help him out with that. But who's underwear, Jason? <laughs> Whose draws is we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jason's too much. <laughs> oh hell. Oh man. But yeah. So we got you on the call here, Destro, and we got Mr. Mighty. You two will be doing battle this week. Your playoff hopes are on the line against his defense. How you feeling about this game? It, it, this could be your last game ever in the league, and I know you're doing everything in your power to make sure that ain't the case. You want one more run. So uh, what's up to sleeve without giving away the game plan? Well, I'll give it a game plan. We're throwing, everything in, the, we're throwing everything in the kitchen sink after them. It's plays I've never ran before, formation I've never ran before. We're throwing everything. The way I see it, we going out a blaze of glory, man. We win, lose, whatever. We're gonna keep you. It's it's whatever at this point. We going out, and we we gonna unload. That's it. If it works out, great. If Peter picks it out, you know, picks it, picks the plays, great. If not, then you know, I hope to come with a victory. But if not, then you know, we're going out a blaze of glory. That's the way I look at it. I ain't nothing holds back. No holds barred. The rules are taken out. The risk. No, the rules. The, uh, the the traditions, the the code, the conduct has been taken out for this game. <laughs> there you go. I'm actually excited for that game because I figured you was going to do everything you can to pull out all the stops. I figured this would be exactly what you're going to do. You're just going to say, to hell with it. I ain't got nothing to lose. I'm going to throw everything at you and see what sticks. Yep. Like I said, I just hope that we come out victorious. And we, uh, you know, the only thing is we got to do our own. We got to do it. We have to put, you know, do our job and hope that uh, NYC wins. But, you know, that's the thing. You know, it's like they're playing Queen City and Queen City's at home. And, you know, I don't know about NYK. He might pack it in. You know, he's like, man, the hell with this. I'm going to play Madden. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you know. Under the bus. And then I'm just, I'm just being honest with you because I know he was salty after that game of the night. And so 
I'm thinking to myself, well, we're going to do what we can do and hope the NYC plays this part, plays their <coughs> part. But if they don't, then I know why. He's probably saying, you know what the hell, this, I'm going to go play uh, collective franchise mode or something in Madden. Fucking <laughs> Madden. That's a curse word on this show. It's pretty, it's pretty much oh. Oh, man. <laughs> oh man! Like I said, um, like you know, beside all that, you know, that, like I said, it's, it's a great run. I mean, I, I'm about to actually about to lose signal up here, so I'll make it fast. Is that uh, you know, it's a great run, and you know, the three seasons it was great. Victoria, you know, we were Victoria's the first season, but you know, all things must come to an end, and you know, I'm grateful, and you know. I'll probably say this again if I can call into the show afterwards on Wednesday night. If we, you know, either we win and NYC loses or we just lose flat out, you know, I just want to thank each and every one who participated. You know, I want to thank all the owners who, who took a who, who voted us in into the league to begin with you know, a year and a half ago, and you know, I just want to let everybody know that yeah, I do talk smack. Yeah, I might get on your skin a little bit. It's nothing personal. It's just to motivate me and to get a laugh out of you all during the show, during the broadcast. So, you know, I just want to thank each and every one of y'all for uh, for putting in our efforts and making this league better. The guys behind the scenes and the guys who watch the games and the guys that and the players who are involved. You know, I want to thank y'all, thank each and every one of y'all, the bottom of my heart. And you know, as I you know go into the, the other side, you know. So now I turn into Triple H, I guess. But uh, <laughs> you know, Triple H. Yeah. Oh hell. So uh, oh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be weird. Not oh, I do playbook changes. No, I don't have to check playbook changes. But you know, like I said, I'm grateful, and just want to thank you guys for for allowing us in, and that's pretty much all I have to say. Well, before you before you hang up. If you don't mind, I want to ask you the same question I asked Alex, uh, Mr. Gladwin Wolf there, and that is your thoughts on who will be the four teams out of the gray and the four teams out of the teal that will take on into the playoffs. Because we already know it's going to be Louisville, Dallas, and Baltimore. I know you're, with your bias, you're going to say D.C. is going to get that spot. But who will be that fourth team out of the gray conference? Well, I will hope, like I said, I hope that we get that spot. But if it's not going to be us, then it'll be Queen City. I mean, Queen City get that spot. And I have a feeling they're going to play a spoiler again. Louisville's not mm-hmm. winning the championship. I'm just putting money on it right now. They're not. Yeah. I bet you $20 and, and EPT that they're not going to win the championship. I mean, they're not winning <laughs> the championship. The damn EPT. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, they're not. They're not. They're not, they're not going to chance your game. They're not going. I'm just letting you know right now. Somebody going to beat them, and it's going to be at their place. Wow. Right, fair enough. Uh, over in the Teal Conference, we know Santa Fe, we know Sioux Falls are in. They're the only two that are guaranteed locks in. Who will be the other two seeds? You got Orlando, Houston, you got Houston Minneapolis, and LA. Who are they going to be? Houston will represent the Teal Conference in the championship game. <laughs> they have figured out with Corky, and I don't know if Jason knows this. Corky, and I don't know if I'm putting Corky out there, but I am, so forgive me, God, Corky. I know you're my mentor, Nara, but I'm about to put you out there like that. Corky made a video 
about the swing pass, how it's, you know, it's you can see how it's, uh, it's a cornball play, and it is. But, instead, you know, he broke it down. He used our game, he used Minneapolis game. Uh, you know, he made a video that he sent to me, and I got it on my computer. And then a week later, he shuts the shit down. <laughs> it just cracks me up how that worked. And so I see that, you know, Houston will get in, and they will play, what, the winner between, I guess they'll play, what, Sioux Falls? I guess that's still determined. But if they play Sioux Falls, they'll beat them. They'll shut the swing pass down. Let's chase the switches up a little bit, which I think he will. And uh, but, uh, but I think I think Houston will represent the Teal Conference. Well, you need one more team. Will it beat Will it beat Minneapolis or will it be LA to be that fourth seed? I think LA. Well, well, see, so y'all win, you're in, right? Y'all are with the fourth seed, right? If you win, is that how that works? Yeah. That's how that works. If they win, they're in. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, y'all gonna, y'all think, I think y'all going to win. Y'all be in. I think Houston will beat Minneapolis. So, now what's that? How, between Houston and Minneapolis, what is it? A win and you're in? And whoever loses out, is that how that works? It's one of, it's, well, the winner of Houston and Minneapolis is in. And then if L.A. wins, they're in too. That means, basically, that means, Let's say Houston wins and LA wins. I mean, Minneapolis is out, right? There you go. That's it. Yep. Then I, I think I, I think he's I think Houston's going to get Minneapolis. I also think that uh, LA is going to get in. I think Houston's going to uh, and after, if Houston gets in, they will be in the championship game again. And if they go in the championship game, they will win the whole thing. Yeah. He's riding with his guns he had last season. So, I apologize. I was breaking up because I, I heard you. You know, your voice are crackling. But I'm going to get off here because I'm about to hit another half mile, so I'm about to lose signal. So, I will try to call back when I get back into uh reception area. Sounds good. All righty. Thank you, gentlemen. Good, good stuff, President Smith. All right. You too, man. Thank you. I have breaking news. We have a Stephen Mullinax sighting in the chat room. I ain't not seen that. I've not seen him in the SFL, inside the SFL chat room ever. And that's good to see. We welcome him and Mr. Fifty Shades of Grey himself. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, the more and more the season's going along, his uh, uniforms grew on me. So uh, let's get into these games. We might as well. Um, I don't know what order to go into them because some of them are just going into the uh, red zone type deal. So I'm just going to just jump right into it and have you be a journalist and give me your opinion of D.C. and Baltimore. We just got off the phone with President Smith. Speaking of probably maybe his last game, he doesn't believe it'll be because He's throwing everything, including the kitchen sink and the bathtub with the baby in it at Baltimore and trying things that he's never done. So uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I know on the Baltimore side, we're just preparing like we've always prepared. And 
we yeah we've had a hiccup on the road, and prior to to that hiccup, we hadn't lost in almost two months. So um, we're just going to prepare, make sure that we uh, our game plan is sound, that you know we don't leave anything any stone unturned where any one play could could beat us, and the same way how any one play can beat us defensively as well, and just let the better prepared team and the team that executes the best win that matchup because for us, we, you know, we, we love to get home field. It's not paramount, but we love to get home field. And then and to, to do so, we got to beat D.C. And, you know, I'm not the one to make guarantees. I just like to make sure I put in all the work, which I am doing, and to make sure that my team is as prepared as it can be. There you go. Fair enough. Well, um, I just wanted to give, get, you, get you a little breakdown on that. And, uh, before I go further now into uh, these games for this week, I want to make sure I uh, give the information that I received this week from Mr. Fiddler 5. Um, everyone's aware of who he is by now, I'm sure. And for those of you who don't know, he's a uh, defensive end for San Jose, number 63. Um, he's given me some milestones, streaks, and records from week 10 into week 11. So... <clears throat> this is a pretty good list of things, so bear with me. Uh, Queen City, they matched the least amount of points allowed in the game in Week 10. They're the first team to play 70 leagues or 70 games in league history uh, when that was in Week 10. Seventh loss in the season, which they just took in Week 11, is the most losses in franchise history. They've never had seven losses before. Wow. Uh, Minneapolis, Minneapolis had a three-game winning streak snapped last week. Orlando reached 2,000 points scored in Week 10, the second team in league history to play 70 games, which they did this past week. The sixth loss in the season for them is the second time in franchise history they've had six losses. That was in Season 6 the first time. OKC got a victory in Week 10, snapping the three-game losing streak. Carolina, least amount of points scored ever was in Week 10. Eight losses in the season is the first time in franchise history they've lost eight games. Baltimore snapped a six-win streak in Week 11. All these wins were by 10 points or less. Need 11 points to reach 1,500 points scored for the season. The Dragons snapped a four-loss streak in Week 10. Louisville, 11th consecutive win. The record is 12, also set by the Wolfpack on last season. They have scored more than 30 points in all of their games this season, which is impressive. Santa Fe snapped a three-game win streak in Week 10, reached 1,000-point mark in Week 11, ninth win in the season for the first time in franchise history. Uh, Tallahassee, fifth straight defeat, eighth loss in the season, the first time in franchise history. Houston has a third straight win, scored scored more than 30 points for the sixth week in a row. Sioux Falls, last scored points ever, 14, the biggest loss margin, negative 17 in Week 10. Ninth win in the season is for the first time in franchise history. Congratulations on that. And now you get into week 11, historical after the game, historicals after the games. Roughnecks won the third game against the Skyhawks. Carolina never scored more than 16 points. Sparrows swept the Maulers this season, scored 45 points last week, biggest in four matches. Minneapolis won the previous two games. Hyenas defeated the Renegades and now lead the series 2-1. to one. 
Gorillas defeated the Fry in the matchup that is now three to three. However, Santa Fe does have a playoff win over them, thirty-one to twenty-seven. So I guess you could call it four to three. The Vipers defeated the Crabs for the second straight time, both by one point margins. Baltimore won the other three matches. That's crazy, one point win. Okay. The Dragons won their three games against the Sailors. Both teams scored fewer points than ever in their last match. That's crazy. People scored less points in their last game. Sharks defeated the Intimidators and now lead the series three to two. These games, this game wasn't played in seasons five or six. Wolfpack defeated the Corsairs and the match is now a historical one and one standing. Week twelve historical matchups coming into this week: Baltimore and D.C. The Crabs lead the series three nothing. Tallahassee and Orlando. The Pride lead the series three two. OKC and L.A. The Renegades lead the series six to two, and they have a playoff victory, uh, August the 26th of 2013, which was a 16-13 victory in overtime over what was the then Bulldogs. Uh, Queen City leads the NYC series two to nothing. Santa Fe and Sioux Falls will be playing for the first time ever. Carolina and Louisville. Louisville has a three-zero lead. Minneapolis and Houston, first time ever. Dallas and Cleveland. And the Roughnecks have a one nothing lead in that series. And again, these are all the uh, information provided to me from this week's Weather Five for this week's episode. So, good, good stuff there, man. A lot of, wow. A lot of teams had uh, historically bad years this year, and some other teams had some historically great years this year. Wow. Okay, good stuff. <clears throat> Indeed. Um, All right, ready for this? Call me a jerk, and I don't recognize the bulldog information. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do. I do. I did that tease. Six to two, Renegade leads the series. That's crazy. I got to fix that. Sorry, Mike, I got to fix that. It's going to be six to three, I hope. But, uh, but yeah, we'll get back to these games now. We already uh, discussed uh, the DC. On Wednesday, game. October nineteenth, at seven PM Central, eight Eastern, on the Red Zone on YouTube. I love it. This is gonna be so awesome. You have no idea how I'm going. Man, I'm trying to enjoy this thing out. Anyway, on YouTube, we have Orlando at Tallahassee. Who you got, Doug? I've got Orlando. I just, I, I don't know what happened to Tallahassee. It came out strong, start the season, had two victories in a row, but two and zero oh after two weeks. And for the last nine weeks, they were one and eight, I believe it is, which is just crazy. The defense has, for the most part, played very strong all season. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I do think Frank regretting not having a second star receiver. Um, maybe he's not. I believe he does have the two tight ends, and I think he's wishing he made one of them a wide receiver. Uh, there's many a game, if you look back, Tallahassee's going to be in that game a little better than it was, if I think if they had that extra star receiver. So I'm expecting to see changes out of that team next season. But uh, Orlando, they had that win to get in feeling last week, and the option's still there. If everything falls, 
in their lap. They need a lot of help. And I just think with it being Kyle's possible last game ever, he's going to pull a Destro. He's going to throw everything at him. He's going to throw things at him you would never even consider. And he's going to see what sticks. I just think that's going to get the victory. I like Orlando as well. Um, even though in their previous matchup, Orlando, you know, beat them only. Orlando beat Tallahassee only by eight points. But these points, you know, they, they, they had a 17-3 lead at halftime, and they were just at that point just basically trying to run out clock. Um, they did a great job of slowing down Dwayne Lane. I believe they will do another great job of doing so, taking away that big threat and forcing um, West to, you know, find Kenny G running in the secondary. But, you know, he'll be surrounded by multiple defenders at all times. I, I highly doubt Orlando will leave this man one-on-one, especially that, that he's the only big threat after um, Dwayne Lane that Tallahassee has. So I like Orlando there as well. On to the next one. On Wednesday, October 19th at 7 p.m. Central, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, we have the OKC Oklahoma City. I keep keep messing that up. I got to get that right. The Oklahoma City Renegade taking on your L.A. Sharks. Now, I understand you might not want to break down the game, break down the game, because you have a kind of vested interest. But you give me a brief synopsis of what you expect OKC to try to do and take away from you. Uh, I think Mike's going to throw a Destro game plan at me. I think he's going to throw everything at me. <clears throat> things I don't think coming, things I wouldn't suspect. Just to be that spoiler. He wants to be the spoiler. I, I know he was wishing that is the, the shoe was on the other foot. And I see the possibility of playing spoiler, and he knew he had the chance to get in. But uh, <clears throat> I think he's going to come at me with things I'm not even suspecting. And that's where it's going to make me have to really figure out my, my playbook that I got to submit here later today. Do I stop bovine? Do I stop six killer? Do I stop Ruski? Do I do what? You know. So, I mean, I got to really look at all his players. And the crazy thing is, each week, it seems like he has a different threat like somebody different each week. I don't know what he's doing over there. But that defense has been, for the most part, in my opinion, good. Uh, not just to get Boyer, because Boyer, I think, is leading receiver. He has 85 receptions. Uh, I know what we did the last game to play him. I know why it didn't work. I know what he did. But the thing is, from week two to week now, it's been 10 weeks. His team's different. My team's different. I've learned more things since the beginning of the season. He's learned some things since the beginning of the season. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. It, it's going to be interesting. And I called him earlier this week to ask him if he had the shipping paid up because he's going to have to send me that Sharknado trophy. <clears throat> we can't really look at your previous matchup in that week one because there was a lot of turmoil in your front office that week um, that led, you know, leading into that game. So that's not a proper uh, gauge of how y'all match up against each other. I know that 
you know, they have a history or tendency to take away people's running games to force them to be one-dimensional. And in all your victories, Parkey was a big factor in all the wins where he, you know, had at least 100, sometimes 150, almost 200 yards, and basically all your victories. So Parkey plays a big factor in your success, at least in the L.A. Sharks' success, should I say. Um, and you mentioned that. I, I saw this out there. He too had uh... – he had 70 yards on 18 carries in the first match. So saying that and OKC needing this game to get in, the Sharks needing this game to get in as well, um, seeing that the Sharks are the home team, and you know what, it is, you know what I feel about home teams in, 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 in all pro. There's something about home teams. And – the fact that I, I I truly believe that you you understand what it takes to you know the, for you to implement the proper game plan for your team to win and having a little bit of the inner work you know a little uh, understanding of the inner workings of that OKC organization and knowing what they like to do and what they don't like to do that you know it's gonna be like the when um, Tampa Bay played the Raiders in the Super Bowl where John Gruden, all the audibles for the Raiders and whatnot. I'm not saying you have that, you know, your knowledge is that in depth, but the fact that you have an understanding of the inner workings is why, the reason why I like the Sharks to pull out this victory and making it, making it to the playoffs in their first season as a member of the SFL. Yeah, then, like I said, I think it was last week. I might have said it. The goal, obviously, was to win the division, win the conference, win the championship, all that stuff. But the the honest goal was was the unbiased goal was to at least still make the playoffs. Uh as an owner of the first season, like I said, I have a lot of things that this team has accomplished, which I'm proud of. The biggest comeback, which I don't want to be coming back in any games, but the biggest comeback in about history. Uh most points scored in the game in franchise history. Five wins, win, lose, or draw. I'll have five wins, which is a quarter of what Daly Holder had in all his seasons combined as an owner. And I did a lot of this, as like you said, with turmoil. Uh, I'm just you know, started the season, started the season one and three, and I've been five and three since four and three, whatever it's been. I know we've won three out of the last five. So uh, yeah, one. Something like that. So I mean, I'm learning some things. Had two overtime victories over Houston and Tallahassee, which should have never happened. Either one of those cases, uh, I screwed up. In my opinion, play both in both those games. That got me. So, uh, like Santa Fe, good team. Uh, said it before. Held Matt Wilson at that time to his lowest passing total, but like an idiot, took out all the run stopping defense. And made Jay Calvin Kim not look like a gold running back. And I think I said this to you before. He didn't look like a gold running back. I made him look like a platinum running back. So that one was on me. Uh, didn't achieve the other goal trying to beat that. That was going to be my only opportunity ever. Unless he someday comes back, which would be good to see. But uh, you know, I'm 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 glad of all the owners. It's Mike Irvine, the one I got to play. Uh, he gave him uh, my first shot. Be good to 
play him and see if I can make it happen. And that's why I, that's why I believe that you know after learning, sometimes you gotta learn by fire. And the same kind of way I had to learn by fire the first three weeks of being GC for Baltimore is that what works and what doesn't work. And just because this player has not been used up to date doesn't mean he can't be a threat. He can't sleep on anybody. You gotta prepare for everyone, give everybody the respect they deserve. Because at any given moment, they could take over the game. And if you don't account for that, so good stuff there. Wednesday, October 19th, part of the Red Zone Package. I can't wait. I'm excited. We have the NYC Sailors at the Queen City Corsair. Who you like, Dutch? Um, well, I think it was kind of touched on earlier. With, uh, I think that's where going to said it when he called in. It's Queen City. They, they, if they get in the playoffs, I don't care their record. They're going to be a challenge. They're going to be a threat. And it just seems like Barkley, Caswell, come to a different level come the playoffs. And this is basically playoff week for them, regardless. Even though it says week 12, it says playoffs to their, on their state. And I can't see the Sailors winning this game. No rhyme, no matter, no matter nothing. I, I just can't fathom a victory from the Sailors. I think Queen City's going to show up and we might say, okay, that's the type of Queen City team we do not want to see come playoff time. And record's going to be going to be four and eight or five and seven. I have to double check the numbers, but uh, that's what they're going to be. And I think it's going to make everybody take a step back. And say, okay, yeah, they're going to be five and seven. This is the team with a losing record before they dangerous. They made three championships in six seasons, so clearly they're a major threat. So, uh, and Mr. McCoo is a, just a tackling machine. So, I know how the hell he says his name, they're running back. He's going to have his work cut out for him. So, I'm thinking Queen City might win this game something like 31 13, 31 15, 17 area. You know me, what I've been saying all year long, especially about NYC, is that they lack an identity. And if and in watching their last game against DC, they started the game out in empty set. And I'm like, something's off about coming out throw first. Now I know their owner, you know, has been kinda like disappointed at the fact that the plays that he installed in his playbook weren't, weren't being run and on third and long they're running out of power sets and on and on, you know, and so he wanted to open things up. But because week 12, the season's wrapping up, and you're still trying to figure out what your team is good at, that doesn't spell, like, confidence to me. It doesn't sound, you know, that doesn't sound like a recipe for success. In that same vein, you got Queen City hosting, you know, understanding that their playoff lives are, their playoff lives are on, Basically, they're they're playing for their playoff lives right now. So playoffs had to be started for them last weekend. They understand they they can't have another mishap. You know they have a championship pedigree. Um, they understand what is necessary and needed. And this year was a learning year for them because they had to, you know, some arguably their best player left and and having to find who they are again 
and to re-gear, so to speak, their playbook and their and the way they want to do things to the abilities and to the talent level that's currently on the team. And and I tr- and I think you know, with their back against the wall, season on the line, that they'll be able to pull this one off. Um, I don't know if it'll be as lopsided as you believe. I think closer to maybe they're up a score, either three or seven, going into the fourth, and then they pull away late in the game and make it a double-digit contest in that fashion. But I, too, like Queen City. But, it's, it's the yes, the Sailors, watching the Sailors has been frustrating to me because I'm, I'm trying – I see where the strength of their talent is, and it's like the computer does not want to facilitate or use that talent. They want to go elsewhere and try other things, and it's, it, it was bothersome to watch this season. Uh-huh. On Wednesday, this is big time. This, this is big time right here. On Wednesday, October 19th, on the SFL Red Zone, I got to get used to saying that. Sounds good. Um, we have the Houston Hyenas. The hot hyenas of that. They could easily have won the last eight. If you look at their schedule, you see what I'm talking about. The hot, the hot hyenas coming into the home of the Marlins, Minneapolis. Who you got, those? Well, the one thing I like about this game is this is T. Cabell, and this is Farnsworth Bentley, the number one and number two sack guys in the league. They have combined for 29 and a half sacks on the year, if you can believe that. Then Frankie Capone has another six and a half sacks, and he's sixth in the sacks in the league. He comes in there. So the quarterbacks are going to get hit, and they're going to get hit often, in my opinion. I think guys are going to get knocked around like crazy. Um, We've seen, unfortunately, we've seen – Mac Wavy already get hurt this season. Um, so is he vulnerable to injury? We shall see. Uh, total defense-wise in this game, both teams give up over 400 yards a game. Uh, Houston's giving up 404. Minneapolis is giving up 434 and a half. Uh, 37 touchdowns allowed, 42 touchdowns allowed. Both teams are averaging almost seven yards of play allowed in a game you can run on these teams you can throw on these teams both teams have looked good recently uh both teams have been playing well recently so it to me it comes down to the offense which offense is going to want to show up and when you really look at the offensive numbers like the total offense in the league they're ranked fourth and fifth they're separated by less than 12 yards so it's like, okay, you really can't pick there. But here's the thing. Houston's way more balanced. They will throw the ball. They will run the ball. Minneapolis will throw the ball, and they will also throw the ball again. They only run very seldom. They are under 500 yards rushing. There's only two teams in the league that are under 500 yards rushing. And Minneapolis with 477 and Sioux Falls with 307. And both teams are playing favorable to the swing. So, in the words of our commissioner, that's their running game. Um, so, the big fella, if they throw him the ball and he plays like he did against L.A., Houston's in trouble. 
He was breaking every damn tackle he could get, you know, running over people, just was a monster. Or he could play like he's done another game. As soon as he gets blown on, he falls down. So it all depends on which version of the big fella wants to show up, uh, and that being Doug Bose, me. Uh, do I feel like running people over that night, or do I feel like just falling down? Uh, to me, that's the key of this whole game. That is the key to this whole game for Minneapolis, and the key to the whole game for Houston is keeping their balance because that's going to be harder to prepare for. It's a clear, in a sense, coin flip type game. But, and I can't even say this, if, if it's a playoff game. So, oh, such and such a team comes into playoffs and, and he's, he's more of a whatever. You, you don't get that with either one of these teams. The Mullers have a championship. Houston has been to the championship and lost. Houston backpedaled their ass into the playoffs last season in, in horrible fashion, and then they made it count and got to the championship game. They won when it mattered the most, which was an amazing seat to see. So I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Mullers just because it's T-Pat's last hurrah. That's the only reason. Okay. I hear you. I don't agree with you, but I hear you. Last week, Houston had to go and face the Renegades for boasting the league's second-best run D. And I said, if Houston can play all 60 minutes, then there will be a blackout in OKC. And that's exactly what happened. Darnell Black is easy, in my opinion, in this in this humble man's opinion, Darnell Black is easily the best running back in this, in this league. And he's, he's a problem. Koki has shown that since he's jumped on, that they've slowly but surely been making changes to their defense and how they play and how they attack and how they, they'll decide to stop teams from doing what they like to do and force them to, into things they don't like doing. Where am I going with this? We all know Minneapolis loves to throw the big bows in the flat. But we also know that Sioux Falls like to do that same with Beasley. Last time they ran to a team that likes to throw this, that, that, that likes to use those concepts, right. they practically shut it down and forced that team to go elsewhere, and that team wasn't prepared nor comfortable to do so. Can Minneapolis learn from another team's mistake and not have to rely on that concept as much and attack different parts right. of the field? And that's why I, that's another reason why I'll take T Pat. Because I think if anybody's going to learn, it'd be him. Uh, and I'm going to defer this show to you. If you can run the show for me for about two to three minutes on your own. Uh, the smoke alarm's going off. No, it's good? Go, go. Okay, never mind. I, said, I don't have to do that. They took care of it. I'm good to go. Oh, yes. Live radio, live radio, folks. You got to love it. Um, like yeah, I was saying, though. Especially um, when we're unprofessional live radio. <laughs> So, as I was saying, as I was about to say, T-Pat's been around this game for a long time. And and I could see him making the uh, necessary adjustments to attack different parts of the field. But the different mm-hmm. parts of the field he has to attack are running into Houston's strength. That's the thing. And as, and as always, that one generic corner 
bothers me to the high heavens on Minneapolis. It's just, Kimokaleka will make you pay again if you're not sound with the football. But Scrabble, Scrabble has been holding it down. The quarterback of Houston has been holding out these past weeks. He hasn't been turning the ball over. And, and, and just like that, if he doesn't turn the ball over, gives Darnell Black a chance to win the game for him instead of him trying to find another way to lose the game. I'll give you this number. You mentioned, you mentioned the one corner from Minneapolis, and this was a stat I found very interesting. That one corner from Minneapolis did stand out to me. I was like, ooh, hmm. But did you know Minneapolis and Houston are ranked 15th and 16th in the league against the past, and it's Minneapolis that is in 16th slot. I'm sorry, Houston. Houston's in 16th against the pass. Minneapolis is better against the pass. It's only by about four or five yards. But both teams give up 315 to 320 yards passing. And I was like, wait a minute, one corner. They don't have the one corner. To me, to me that stood out as a little bit of a, a stat. And then, like I said, both these teams, which I find this shocking. Both these teams are the best in the league, in my opinion, of getting pressure on the quarterback. So you would think it would help the secondaries out. But the secondaries are still last and next to last in pass yards allowed, despite all that pressure up front. Yes, oh. but here's the, caveat, here's the caveat to that stat. When did Corky jump aboard to take full control of the defense? Because the issue Houston was having early in the season, they were scoring with the best of them. They just couldn't stop anybody else from scoring themselves. And since Corky came came on board and started, you know, uh, you know, uh, messing around with the defense, trying to figure what they're good at, what they're not good at, the results have been plain as day. As you, you could like, if you look at the schedule, you see them allowing 50, 40, you know, 40, and then all of a sudden the scores that they allow start to go down. They allow seven. They allow 14. They allow 17. So mm-hmm. though that is, that is a great stat, the one you pull out, it could be somewhat misleading because it doesn't fully represent how they've been playing lately. Right. Uh, and and I will want to point this out because this is another, you know, how you, how you make that mention. This is another thing I want to mention as far as that goes, and this is something where I really break down numbers. When you look at those games, of those three games where they gave up 7, 14, 17, the only one game that impresses me was Sioux Falls. They gave up 14 points to Sioux Falls which Sioux Falls, when you go look, is the fourth scoring team in the league, okay? The other two teams were Oklahoma City and Orlando, who are both outside of the top ten. So they're not traditionally high-scoring offenses. So if you figure out the defense slightly, and they're not great in scoring points traditionally, you're going to have that type of score. But the Sioux Falls game is was an absolute wow. You know, that game alone can make you step back and be like, okay, what's, what, what's my man doing? What's my man doing? And even though Minneapolis is sitting where they're at at 6-5, and five, we all know that Minneapolis is a high-scoring machine, even though they're only ranked 7th in the league in scoring this year. But they're always a threat of putting up points at any time. They can score in one play. They're one of those few teams who can score every game, every play, all day in one shot, no matter what the play is. It can be a dive, and they're a threat to score for some reason. So, to me, as you said, those numbers can be misleading because of what they've done recently. 
And those recently numbers can be misleading based on the teams that they had played outside of Sioux Falls. And that's no disrespect to the other two teams. But, uh, you know, that's, that's how I break things down. When I break things down, I break them down from every freaking angle. And, uh, and that's why this game is one of the most appealing games on the schedule this week. And it's going to be fun. Yes, it is. And, oh, if you hadn't noticed, I picked Houston. By the way, Houston, D.R. Sim, you owe me a big play. I said you had a big play in you. You didn't come through. I need you to come through with a big play this week. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> we, can talk, we, we can talk about this game all day if we don't get to the next one. <laughs> yep, let's get, let's, let's get to the next one. Thursday morning, probably early morning, knowing Cam because he gets on it. Um, we're going to have a game direct, uh, uploaded directly to YouTube. It's going to be Louisville at Carolina. Louisville, number one with the bullet. Carolina, number 16, bring up the bullet. <clears throat> Who you like, Doug? Well, this is a game everybody's going to take Louisville. Everybody's going to take Louisville, in my opinion. Carolina's sitting there like, oh, man, we got we to gotta get a win. My question is, how serious is Carolina going to game plan for this? How serious are they going to prepare for this? Do they feel the need to prepare for this? Now, I'm assuming they're going to do all of that. But when you know your season's over, I know how the, the feeling could be. And it's like, ah, oh, you know, why bother? You know, and that, I mean, that shit happens in the NFL. Why bother? But uh, this was a team built to be the best defense in the league. Unfortunately, I think they put too much weight on the defense and didn't give themselves enough offensive firepower. They got embarrassed by Louisville the last time. Uh, so, with all that being said, you thinking I'm going to take Carolina, but I'm actually going to stick with take Louisville, even though I've been saying for weeks Louisville would have a loss before the playoffs. I just can't pick against them here. But where I was going with all that is I would not be surprised if this is one of those games won in the final five minutes of the ball game. I just think Carolina's going to play strong, and they're going to take everything I just said, and that's exactly what's going to be on their head. We're going out with a bang. And Andy Hamilton is trying to get himself a team. He's trying to win a bid for ownership. And what better way to put an exclamation point on his application than to have his defense shut down Louisville and that team get a victory? So I can see him going for broke in this one. All season long, we've said that, you know, Cal. Not Carolina, uh, Louisville's been living by the seat of their pants. You know, they've been hanging around teams and then pulling out late victories, and they've been called lucky, fortunate, all that good stuff. They're 11-0, the only undefeated team. I wish my team was that lucky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So at this, at this point of the game, I right. can't. I cannot pick against Louisville. I've I've gone on the limb. The limb broke. I'm hurt. I'm kind of walking. You know, I'm kind of limping right now because you know I, I I fell off the uh, fell off that limb I took a couple weeks back picking against them. And I, there are chinks in their armor. Yes, there are. But most of the time they just built right past it. They'll have a six turnover game and score 50 points. Don't ask me how that's possible. How did you get all those possessions still to score those points? I have no clue. I just know they do. So 
I'm on the Louisville bandwagon, so to speak, <laughs> until they until they lose. And I like Louisville. Just I, there's no other way for me to put it. With between their their running their running attack and Skeletor Song just unleashing dragons everywhere on the field. No one has solved their offense yet, has been able to slow them down enough to outscore them. So until that happens, until I see it happen with my eyes, I'm taking the losers. Right. And last but not least, Thursday, October 20th, 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern, Four Pacific, so uh, y'all Pacific fool, y'all gonna have to get out of work early. I'm just saying. Um, four <laughs> Pacific, we have the game of the week, highly anticipated matchup. People were circling this matchup months ago. We have Sioux Falls at Santa Fe for number one. Yes, I said number one. Number one in the Teal Conference. Yeah, at CF. You know, for just oomph and pontification. Who you got, Doug? Who you got? Well, to me, this is easy. And yeah, I, I, I said easy. And you're going to be shocked by this. I'm picking one of these teams to win by double digits. Wow. I think this game's going to end like 41 28. Uh, if the team that scores 28, if they get into the 30s, like I said, this is the number one seed. Number one. No? And Ramos just emphasized it again in the chat room. Number one between Santa Fe and Sioux Falls. Like I said, I'm picking one team to win this by double digits. Like I said, I can see a 41, 28 like that. But if the team that's going to lose gets in the 30s, don't be surprised that the winner gets in the 50s. And I'm going to tell you now, you're going to see this one team throw for over 300. And they might even rush for 100 for the first time all season. And that just probably gave what? away. I'm taking the Sparrows in an easy win. Wow. Okay. This is how it goes for me. I haven't liked Santa Fe's defense all year long. I just, some other D is just. Their D is successful because they pepper you with points. You blink, they score a touchdown. You take a breath, they score another touchdown. And before you know it, it's 21 nothing. First quarter's not even over, and the defense is playing with the lead. Kind of like um, Peyton Manning's old coach with when Freeney and Masters could just pin their ears back because they knew, hey, we're playing with the lead. Who cares about you having to cover for the running game? This game, it won't be so because the team they're running into and match them point for point. So the defense will have to show up and play a complete game. Well, they have to account for not just passing downfield. They have to account for passes in the flat. They have to account for running for the running game of the other team. I love Jason's build. Yes, I said it, Jason. You heard me. I love your team build. Um, Jason's build is the way Santa Fe is built offensively, Jason's defense is built to slow it down enough. It's not built to stop it. 
is built to slow it down enough. And if it can slow it down enough, then his offense can in turn take advantage of Santa Fe's defense. I like I like Sioux Falls this week. And I'm and I well, and I'm just like you. I feel that Beasley will not only be a factor in the passing game this week, he'll be a factor on the ground where he'll be able to find a crease here and find a crease there and move the chains and keep them on schedule offensively. So that way Jennings could be a factor deep down the field when Santa Fe is on their heels, so to speak. Right. Not saying Santa, Santa Fe is not scoring. Santa, Santa Fe is going to oh. score points. Right. Santa Fe's defense is ranked 15th. 15th Santa in the Fe's league. Going to, yeah, that's my point. But they're Santa 15th Santa and they're 13. playing. <laughs> but they're playing with the lead. If they're not, if they're playing from behind, they're playing in tight games. Right. But they're playing they in quality have, they, defense. Right, that's what I'm saying. I like. I really like Jason squads this week. I like Jason to. Why them number one in seal after it's all said and done this all said and done this week. It's gonna be a great ball game. The game well, I'm gonna give watch. Let me give you these for predictions. Let me give you these for predictions. What you got? Okay. Tyree, like I said, he'll throw for over three hundred yards. And the reason why he's gonna throw for over three hundred yards is because Caesar Cannon, Jennings, and Beasley will all go over hundred yards receiving. All of them. Just putting that out there now. And they're going to torch guys like Jimmy Cash and Colin Douglas. They might get a pick here and there because we know Tyree's prone to this. And don't be surprised if it is tight for a while, close for a while. But I just got this feeling that this is saying, this is, this is uh, Super Bowl's game to say, okay, Santa Fe, we've been hearing all back and forth, who's two, who's three, who's two, who's three for weeks once Louisville separated himself. And this is for the number one seed. This is for the tougher number conference. Number one. Number one. This is for the tougher conference number one seed right now. And that's no disrespect to the other conference. But let's face it, it's the reality. So, like I said, 38 points for Santa Fe per game. 35 points for Sioux Falls. They give up 12, 29 and 25. And that's in favor of Sioux Falls. So, the difference is plus two for Sioux Falls as a whole, which is nothing to even worry about because you don't get a safety much in this league. As I said, it's an important statement. But uh, I just think this is his his shot. This is Jason's shot to prove he, he he's figured it out. Uh, and I know Ramos is going to work with Colin to, to prevent it. Um, and that's part of the problem, I think, for Sioux Falls, or Santa Fe, rather, is Colin has been working feverishly on his days for ownership, uh, St. Louis Explorers. How much is that distracting him from the job at hand right now? Because the excitement of possibly being your own owner might get the better of you. It might not. You put your bid in, and you ain't got to go into details of it, but you know how it has or hasn't affected you with Baltimore. Let's face it, you've been dealing with it, and would you not know it, this past week, Baltimore lost. Didn't have anything to do with the excitement of putting in work of making your bid look the most appealing to the other owners to get the vote. So I mean, that could be a distraction. And that could have very well been a distraction for Baltimore last week. We don't know. I mean, like I said, you'll know one way or the other. And like I said, it's none of our business. But uh, it's, 
it, to me, it just all all falls in the favor of the Sparrows. And I think the Sparrows get this win. I think they solidify themselves as the number one. I think they prepare themselves to take on the fourth seed of whichever team it may be. Whoever it may the be, LA Sharks? They're gonna have to work. It could be. Whoever it is, they're going to have to work that out for them. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had more to, more to add on. Nope. But that's what's up. We have a great slate of games. Every game has a underlying story to it. I can't wait. I'm excited. Camgoon got, got this red zone uh, fired up. Don't forget, people, what to it. do tonight. Right. As I think about it, did we did we even discuss Cleveland and Dallas? You know what? You're correct. We admitted Cleveland and Dallas. That's when you had that uh, smoke emergency, but not smoke emergency. That's where they they fell through the cracks. That I'm I'm sorry, Cleveland Vipers. I'm sa- I'm sorry, Dallas Roughnecks. This was not on purpose. Um, we'll address it now. Wednesday, October nineteenth, <laughs> seven p.m. Central. Five Pacific, eight Eastern. We have the Cleveland Vipers at the Dallas Roughnecks. The Roughnecks need a win and a Baltimore loss to get that number two seed and be able to host a playoff game. Who you got, Doug? Well, much like I was saying with Santa Fe and Sioux Falls, those two have been down. Who's two? Who's three? We've had the same thing with Baltimore and Dallas. Who's this? Who's that? Baltimore just lost to Cleveland. Dallas is going to make sure they don't. And here, I'm going to make this a very, 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 very bold prediction. Very bold prediction for you right here, right now. You go look at the standings of the league. Okay? The standings of the league is real simple. Louisville is going to be the number one seed. We all know this. They will be the number one seed. Who will be the number two seed? It's kind of up in the air, depending on how things go. Who will be the three seed? Same thing. Who's going to backpedal in? fact of the matter is, Dallas, in my opinion, will totally throttle, if you will, Cleveland. I think this is a statement game for them going into these playoffs. I really feel that. I think Louisville is going to end up playing Queen City in the first round. It's my opinion. Queen City could very well upset them. And obviously, if it's not Queen City, it's going to be D.C. And I think D.C. is just going to get a shot of upsetting them. But Dallas is going to play Baltimore possibly at home with a victory. Because, like I said, I'm not, really picking, I'm not going to pick against Baltimore. But uh, Dallas is going to do everything in their, their power, basically, to get the momentum. Because they're going to say, you lost to Cleveland. We beat Cleveland. Now we'll see you in the opening round of the playoffs. Now I'm going to still take Baltimore for the victory because that's the team I'm riding with for the championship since week one against Minneapolis. But it wouldn't shock me. It really wouldn't shock me. Dallas wins this game. Dallas wins again in the playoffs. And Dallas would go to the championship out of the gray because they got one of the most clutch quarterbacks in Rocco Marcone. What are your thoughts? Okay. My thought on that one is Cleveland and Dallas played earlier in the season. I believe they played in week two. That's one of those games that Cleveland just let get a, let get away. The final score was 13-10 Dallas. 
Dallas saw that Cleveland is not a slouch as well with um, with them beating Baltimore this past week. So I believe Dallas will come as prepared as they've ever been for a game, knowing that, especially that, no understanding that they want to have that home field advantage, at least for the opening game, against against the Baltimore Crabs. So they're going to come prepared and, you know, having their full wide revved up, make sure Mike Davis stays involved. Cleveland just went on the road and stole a game. Okay, let me not say stole. They defeated the Crabs <laughs> by – yeah, stole sounds so terrible. I'm sorry, sorry Cleveland. Um, they, went out, they went on the road and took care of business. Game was on the line. It looked like Baltimore was going to win it. And Cleveland came in and thumped, uh, thumped Snyder, forced him to cough the ball up, and that was all she wrote. If Dallas does not come prepared for this game, it could happen, it could happen to them as well. But I don't right. believe that the, I don't believe they, they will come unprepared, understanding what's on the line, and also having seen firsthand what happened when a team takes someone lightly. So I like Dallas as well. I like I like the game to be close in the most things because Cleveland's offense isn't bad. They just can't get in the end zone. Yardage wise, from twenty to twenty, Cleveland can move the ball with the best of them. Between Mario Savage and Scott King hooking up it. They they can move the ball with the best of them, is is but it can Cleveland finish drives and that's been their issue all season long finishing drives finishing games. So Dallas will come for prepared. The game is going to be close at halftime and can Cleveland continue to compete in the second half and put themselves in a position to win, like they did this previous week against against Baltimore where they didn't allow Baltimore to score a point after. In, in the second half, or will things unravel and they'll just start to turn the ball over in the second half and then they'll get the blown, you know, their doors blown off? Which Cleveland team will come to play? I do not know. And for, that, and for that particular reason, I like Dallas to come in, compete, have a complete game, and try to assert themselves and get that second seed in the gray. And there you have it. All eight games have now been covered. <laughs> okay, so that is, we, every team got covered, every team got attention. Don't forget, folks, tonight your playbooks are due. Can't need your playbooks due in tonight. You got stuff to work on. So you already posted it in Slack in, in that tonight is the night that your playbooks are due. So any last-minute things you got to do, take care of them now to get yourself prepared for this upcoming slate of games. We got Red Zone Wednesday, a gazillion games on the screen at one time, football overload. Who who doesn't love that? If you don't love it, you're in the wrong league because that's what we're about. Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited for the matchup against President Smith squad. I'm excited for that OKC LA matchup. I'm excited for that Houston-Minnesota matchup. I, ooh, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. All right. I guess we've covered everything. And I say, you know what, for next week, yeah, why not? Let's have, let's have a power ranking for next week as well. Just to, you know, because... You know, you only have, but the top of the top make the playoffs. 
let's rank the teams at the bottom as well. So let's have a power rankings with it for next week. That'd be that that'd be good just to wrap up the season with, you know, maybe some MVP predictions and offensive rookie, defensive rookie of the year, stuff like that. There you go. I was thinking about doing that, getting together with you, and we do our own inside the SFL, and we give out our own inside the SFL awards. Sounds good to me. So, guys, if y'all have any suggestions about things y'all would like us to talk about on the show, anything y'all like us to bring up, don't be afraid to contact Doug on Slack at Doug Bose. Contact me on Slack at Mighty Rex, and just give us some ideas of things y'all would like us to touch upon on the show. And to make it great, because this ain't for us, this is for the SFL, this is for y'all, you know, this is for the league. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'm Mighty, I'm Doug, and we'll wrap this one up. We'll see you next week. So, later. Peace.